0: Hello, everybody. We're back uh, for John, First John, Chapter Three. That is, and we have um, almost gotten to the halfway point. By the end of today uh, in this session, we'll have conquered through the halfway point. I've got Craig back with us from his vacation, and he's going to be chiming in and sharing uh, some thoughts about this passage. And I think this is one of those passages that
1: I, I don't know when
0: I was thinking uh about preparing for this passage um i had craig on the mind because i i i don't know i felt like this section had to be difficult to memorize um maybe i'm wrong in that but it just seems like there is like a boatload of of re- repetition and and i don't know I, I i got distracted just reading it sometimes and so I don't yeah, know if you speak into that but yeah
1: chapter 3 was definitely the hardest of all the chapters and and the repetition is is hard but also it, it it seems to bounce around to several different things at times and and uh like John has a bunch of of things on his mind that he wants to get off his chest and it, it just uh yeah it's a, it's a difficult difficult chapter
0: and we're gonna dig into some of those thoughts that are that are on John's mind and ultimately, you know, Holy Spirit inspired into mm-hmm. John and, and you know, so last session we really hit the idea of a false prophet and who is Jesus? You know, who is he? Uh who is he to you? We we, we wrestled with that. Um and uh transitioning into chapter three and we're gonna our goal today is to really cover Uh, the entire chapter, Uh, um, one of the things that I want to, I want to stress early and often here is John's use of family language, his use of words like father, children, um, just some thoughts in here. And this is all dependent on the translation you use. Uh, But in the one that I'm looking at here, he, he, he uses uh, the term children born to a father uh, brothers in there several times god is called our father multiple times um you know born of, born of seed whether we're brothers uh just on and on and on this concept of uh father brother sister you know all the, all this family lingo and what it, what it brings me to is is my family and really your family Craig it brings yes. me to this concept of of adoption, um, th- throughout the New Testament, um, it- it's clear. I mean, the word is even used where where it, it likens being a Christian to being uh, adopted, and-, and and so in my thought process, I'm thinking, you know, to truly experience God's assurances, to truly understand what it means to be a believer, a a Christian, a follower of Christ. Uh, I think you have to understand what it means to truly be adopted into God's family, this concept of adoption. And so um, so what I would say into that, and then I'll let you talk, uh, Craig, about your family as well as we think about that. But, you know, we, we use a term in the church called born again, and this idea of we're born physically, but in order to go to heaven, in order to be in God's family, in order to to be recognized as a Christian, to 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 be sealed by the Holy Spirit, we we must be born again. Jesus had this conversation; it was one of his first conversations at the temple with with a with a Pharisee, with a priest, and and he had this conversation about this idea of being born again. And um, we see it at baptism, you know. We see it that we we teach that, that you know uh it's it's the opportunity to be born again. So I, I think of my family. I think of four boys all adopted. And I think of the, in the physical sense of my family, they all had their physical birth, uh, through a physical mother. Uh, but then they were all like re re adopted, reassigned, if you will. They all had a second birth at adoption day, you know, when Mm -hmm. they took on our last name and they became a Wallace, they became one of ours and all that goes into that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a process it's it's a it's a it's it's a challenge it's it's not easy it's um but it is an identity um that no matter what my and i think of my your family reflects this too my family has is multi-ethnic multi-racial uh uh, and and to me that reflects the family of god in revelation he says john says i looked and there before me was Uh, representatives from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And and so, you know, family isn't just blood. It isn't just the Ancestry.com, where I can trace my DNA back to, you know, William Wallace. I'm sure that's who I'm from. Uh, You (laughs) know, but like you, you, family is, is a choice. Family is a choice. And what I mean by that is it's God saying, I choose you. I love you. I want you to to be a part of my family and then it's us saying I'm in I, I want to take your name you know I want this and and so I don't know if you can speak into that you're an adoptive parent on this earth but if you if, if you have any thoughts on that yeah. concept
1: uh, to, to me uh, I'll go a different direction in this in, in saying that when I hear when I hear family and, and children and all that, uh, even, even in those days, inheritance was a huge thing. Uh, you know, the, the firstborn was, got this portion of inheritance, and, but, it, but, but when you are family, you, you have a right to the inheritance of, of the father. Mm. And, and here uh, I look at, um, you know, I've got three adopted children and one biological. Um, and yet all of them are going to receive, they're all, they all have the inheritance of, of, of what I have. And, and I, I see John talking about the children, the children, and, and it doesn't matter uh, if you were a born in Jew or if you were a Gohim, a a Gentile, uh, because of uh, of Jesus, you are guaranteed that inheritance from from the Father, and, yeah, and that's
0: that's good. And you know, he's talking originally to an audience there in Ephesus that would have been a hodgepodge, you know, yeah, uh, to some degree. And I love what J.I. Packer says. Uh, he says, if you want to judge how well someone understands Christianity, find out how much they make of the thought of being God's child. So whether adopted or biological you know this idea of he is our perfect father you know and i want to go through some truths that i see in the first half of this chapter and right out of the shoots, you know the fact that god is our father how great has the love of the father lavished on us that we would be called his children and so the idea that so, you know, what I wrote down in my notes here as I was reading that is, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen the analogy of God as a judge behind a bench <laughs> with a robe and I'm standing there and, I, I, and I'm being condemned, but yet Jesus steps up as my attorney and he takes, you know, my defense and he puts himself in front of me so that the judge doesn't see me and all my sins. And, 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 and I think there's part of that that's obviously true. But then there's this concept of where once that happens, he, he takes off his robe. He comes down from the, the bench and he hugs you and he says, come be a part of the family. You know, and, and how do we truly accept the fact that God is our father? And so for some people, that's hard because they didn't, they haven't had a good experience with a father. You know, maybe they didn't have an earthly father figure that was that was good uh, maybe they didn't have one at all. Um, for some, it, 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 it's, it's really good because, you know, we have an, we have a good, I had a great earthly father, have a great earthly father, but you know, he's not as good as God, the father. And, you know, sometimes we can be so content in our earthly situation that we don't think we need, you know, uh, the God, the father in heaven. And so this idea, this real concept of Jesus is our father. And and, I'll, I'll, and I, you can speak into that if you want, Craig, I'll I'll leave you with, with this on that topic is that this really began to, began to drive home to me a lot when I was a teenager, uh, you know, and, and I think, I believe he still does it to this day, but J.R. You know, pastor at Arcadia is my youth pastor, lifelong friend. He would always use the term, in his prayers, Abba Father. He would use that Abba word which to, in the in the original language was was daddy. You know, it was the way to, to approach God as as your dad. And I know that's really hard. He he is God, the creator of the universe, the you know, the I am, the beginning and the end, you know, he's on holy ground, but he's also this daddy. Uh, and so I don't know in your memorization if that came through or if you have any thoughts on that. That, that. Uh,
1: To me, w- when I see this, I, I, it, like you said, the, the, just the fact that he continues to say children and, and, and the father, it, it, it takes me back to chapter 2 when when verse 12, it talks about, uh, I write to you, dear children, and I write to you fathers, and I write to you um uh, young men, and, and I and I just see this in uh, you know that he it, it just solidifies like what you have talked about in the past that, that he is writing to believers. He's yeah. writing he is writing to children of God, people that are that are are trying to flesh out this Christian living, uh, this following Jesus, and, and he he we're a part of that family. And that, that, that we understand that, that, that even as a father, you, you know, this Matt, that our kids don't do what we always tell them to do. Yeah. And that doesn't kick them out of the family. That doesn't, you know, that, that there are still our children now. And, and, and even though they may do stuff that, that isn't, um, what we would like, um, that they, they are still loved by the father.
0: And I don't know the, the the thought process of everybody listening to this on their relationship with their earthly dad. Mm-hmm. That does skew this. That I yeah. mean, we both know people who struggle yes. with calling God the Father yes. because of the experiences they've had with their earthly father. Yes. But I so I do want to emphasize that on the other side of that is there's great hope here. I have heard I have heard example after example of, of people who have found great comfort in the fact that they aren't abandoned. They have a heavenly father who is perfect, who does love them, who does want to guide them, who has a plan for their life. And I, I, you know, I, I know of one orphanage uh, overseas that that's their whole montage is to, to, to teach those that are orphaned that uh, I I know it's tough here on earth, but you you have a, you're a part of a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, a greater family and, and and to to take that a step further the concept that jesus is our brother now that might even be harder for some to swallow than god is our father because uh, you know he's the savior he's the messiah but i i i don't have time to go through there there's countless verses where you can quote jesus uh in these words but i will read one mark three thirty five. he says whoever does god's will is my brother and sister and mother. <laughs> so basically, what he's saying here is, is if, if you're in my will, you're part of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 Jesus is a crucial piece of this family because he's what brings it all together. He's what enables us to be adopted in. You know, um, when you're when you're when you're born, there's childbearing. There's 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 great struggle and preparation. In an adoption, it's different, but there's there's preparation, there's payment, there's sacrifice and, and and to be into God's family it's really no different. you know and all through these first ten verses, we basically get the gospel message, this idea that if it's not for Jesus, uh being that perfect, sinless uh, brother. Uh, who paves the way, who destroys the schemes of the devil, who died on our cross who who overcame death by his own death, he died for our sins um, to 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 give us hope in a new life, and this love is more than you know this idea that it 's not just this oh he 's our brother, you know like let 's wrestle let 's be like goofy brothers. no this is a guy who who went to great sacrifice, God sent his son to great sacrifice to enable us to be able to join the family. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the, back to your point that we're just children. And that's the number one word that gets thrown around by John Children, children. he, you know, he says it over and over throughout the book that we are, he's talking to us as children. Um, but yet that we're imperfect children. You know, if you look in verse four, um, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. I mean, this idea that the reality is, wh- that's us. That's me. You know, I, I've broken the law. I've, I, have, I have sinned. I, I'm prone not to trust him. I'm prone to go my own way. And, and, and one of the things John, again, goes back to that he's gone back to a lot is we've got to take sin seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to address this seriously. I go back to chapter one where he talks about confession. Um, you know, this idea that we can't just hide it, cover it up, ignore it, justify it, um, water it down. It is what it is. And we have to, we have to continue to, to work, to flee, to work, to grow, to work, to improve, uh, in those areas through the power and strength of God. And so he's our father, Jesus, our brother. We're that imperfect child. And then this concept of of um, trying to display the family likeness, trying to be imitators of God, Ephesians one, 5, one says, trying to, um, um, I love what Romans 8, 28 and 9 say. 8, 28 is a famous verse that, uh, you know, he works, things, all th- works out all things for the good of those who trust him. It's a famous verse when things go bad, that, oh, he's going to work this out. But in, in, in verse 29, it says he works him out to look more and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we don't usually quote that part. But this thing that every experience we have, good, bad, sin, pain, are we chiseling away at our life to look more and more and more like him?
1: Yeah, it, it, it just he goes on. It continues to say that look, just just because you you fall in sin, you you're going to have those moments. But we we are supposed to strive. Yes, we can't earn salvation, but yet once once we accept Jesus and we we're in the family, our job is to try to be the best we can and and and. And in verse 7, it says, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as, as he is righteous. Um, he who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning." And, and, and all of this stuff about we need to continue to try to live
0: the best we can to represent the, the family name. Yeah. Yeah, in, in verse three, purify yourself, just mm-hmm. as he is pure. Yeah. You know, so it's we purify the way he resembles purity. Uh, you know, in verse nine, uh, no one is born again will continue to sin. Right. Uh, because God's seed remains in them, they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. So once you're in that family, that doesn't mean you're not going to fail, but it means your pursuit is very different. And, and, um, that's a, that's a hard verse, you know, you and I didn't talk about that earlier in our discussion, but that's a, right. that's a heavy verse right there because I think we can, we can look at that sometimes and say, oh, that means I gotta be perfect. Right. And, and, and when we have to recognize that, that, that he's at work in us. I'll, I'll put it in my, to me when I uh,
1: a basketball term, because I used to spend hours and hours uh outside of of games shooting three-pointers because that was my role and and we would have to shoot uh even pre-season uh we had to make a thousand three-pointers just to be able to shoot one in a game when the season came Uh, that didn't mean that I was going to make every one but I had put in the time that I had the confidence that I thought that that when I was in that situation, that I could uh, make, in this case, make right decisions or make a three-pointer. We, we're we're constantly trying to um, build those good habits um, in, in our lives through this, and and don't let people uh, tell you, you know, or, or lead you down the wrong way. You you need to continue to try to to seek out and to to you know, put into practice daily uh, so that when things do get hard, um, you're in that game, uh, you're more apt to, to do what's right.
0: We definitely learn in the latter part of this chapter, you know, he shifts gears and goes back to the devil a little bit. And so we have this voice of God, this, 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 this God speaking into us. And we also have you know, the devil trying to twist his words. Mm -hmm. And, And so, so I love how you use that analogy because, you know, the more we can pour into this, the confidence in who we are, that we are his children, that he is our father, that he can empower us, that he can, he can help us get through the tough times. I know there's been moments in my life where it, the heat has got turned up, and I've been like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm not, prepared. I'm not ready. And then, mm-hmm. and then I, I make it through. I, it wasn't always smooth. I didn't always do the right thing, but I make it through, and I've been grown. and 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 I'm hoping that I can come out on the outside, other side of this, uh, a little bit more like Jesus. You know, you know. And that doesn't mean that when I look in the rearview mirror, that it was all, you know, perfect. But uh, but it's, it's learning to trust. It's like those three pointers, you know, that they didn't all go in when you practice, but you were preparing and you were, you were setting that stage. Yep. Um, the, the idea of, of, i want to throw a question at you. Um, we're taking a little bit more time on this, this topic, but I want to throw a question at you uh, to see if I can stump you. Not really, but, <laughs> but to put you on the spot a little bit in our world today, let's, let's just do some application. You know, a lot of people on social media, a lot of people on the news, a lot of people in our culture. I mean, it is, it is still in America culturally good in many places, not all places, but in many places to say, I'm a Christian. And there are countless people that their taglines on their Twitter or their Instagram post is believer or Christ follower or... Or, or whatnot, you know, you know, uh, you know, they put their favorite Bible verse, but then when you start looking at their feed, you know, you see a different story. You see, uh, lots of negativity or poor choices or sinful living on and on and on and on it goes. And I'm not trying to be judgmental here, but here's what, my question. Uh, how do we conclude about a person, um, uh, um, how do we conclude uh, uh, about a person who claims to be a Christian, but when you look at their life it's like no different from the world it it, it doesn't doesn't line up to the teachings of Jesus this is kind of a a question I want you I, I'm, I'm I'm stalling here so you can think about it but um I'm also you know we're transitioning into kind of this part of the the scripture where this tug of war goes on. What are your thoughts on that in today's world? And this, this, I'm just kind of throwing you a softball here, but what are your thoughts on, on how to, how to process that as, as a, as a believer, as a, as a church leader, as, as someone today? And, and the question is how, what, what is, how do we see? Yeah. Or? How do you, how do you deal with it? How do you process that? How do you, you know, like, you know, so when I, when I, when I come into counter with that or someone comes in, someone walks into your church or someone comes, joins your, your, your small group and, and you know, says one thing, but their whole life screams another, you know, what, what, what's, how do you deal with that? How do you process that? Uh, uh, to, to me, um, uh, I,
1: I kind of I go through a, a couple different ideas but for me the the thing that um, that I continue to go back through that that, that has always been uh, my belief is that you can't you have to work from the inside out hmm. and, and and the fact that, um, that there's a lot of times that um, we have to, to, to have a heart change we have to have a, a, a an inner, Change and want to do this, and and when when our beliefs and our heart, uh, basically when our heart and our mind sink, the outside seems to follow. Mm, there you go. And and so when when what what's in my heart starts to to, to connect with my brain, then then what I think and how I do things will then transform the way I, I do
0: things. So let me, let me change the question a little bit. That's a great, that's I kind of thought that's where you would go. And, right. and I, I did not prep you for these uh, that question <laughs> or this one. And, and so I come to you now, or you come to me and invite me to your church, your small group. And I say, look, I see these Christians all over the place mm-hmm. on, on social media or in my workplace. Yeah, and they say one thing and do another. What do you say to that person?
1: (laughs) I say that. uh, (laughs) I say that that um, you know the church. Sometimes uh, we hold on a pedestal, but yet at sometimes we we got to look at it as a hospital. There's a lot of a lot of hurt people, a lot of people that are that are that come into those doors that are that are confused or that have things that they that, that, that they don't have it all together, and that um, we're all, all on different parts of the journey. That you know, I hope that people would see me um, as a more mature Christian because I've been in it more longer. I have higher expectations for me, but but maybe. Uh, You know, someone that's brand new or someone that's just getting it, uh, you know, do I have those same expectations for them? Uh, Sure. But are they going to, is it going to take longer for them possibly to, to, to flesh those out? Could
0: yeah. Maybe. No, that that's that's good. And I, I apologize for putting no, you on the spot. You're... But the but the the idea here that I'm 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 getting at and wrestling with is that what the more you spend time with Christians, so when you and I have spiritual conversations about our lives, our mm. accountability with one another, that's gonna look a lot different. Yeah. Than someone who's new to the faith or on the fringe of the faith or um maybe even t- you know, it's, it's, it's back to our family image. You know, there's a big difference between how we deal with a two-year-old than an 18 year old. Mm -hmm. And even at that, there's a difference between a 28 year old and an 18 year old. And, and, and so I, I, I share that because it's important to recognize in John's letter that he's referring to us to some degree as children And, and that we are, but, but in that he doesn't always designate, you know, where we're at as children, you know, like, you know, preteens, adolescents, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we have to, we have to continue to recognize that while this letter is to all his children, sometimes our filter with where we've been, what we've experienced, what age we're at, when we've joined the family, and, and so, uh you know i know families that have adopted kids at 18 17 18 they process being a part of the family differently than someone that's been there since birth and 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 sometimes it takes time so i share that because i know the heart of a lot of the students i work with to evangelize or to want to get people to a certain level or the, the, and, and so there's a real balance in this, and there's also this reality that um, we, we can't let what everybody puts out there define us. We have to look into the scriptures and, and really see what God's teaching us and who he desires us to be. What does it mean? You know, here's a, here's a side challenge for you listeners. Do, a, do your own search and study on what does it mean to be a child of God? I go back to the quote of J.I. Packer. And find out how much they make of being a child of God. When you figure that out, you know, how special that is, how, how, how loving that is, how forgiving that is. Uh, so anyway, uh, moving forward, he gets into this, verse 11, he gets into this battle of hate versus love. And that's where I want to go, the, the idea that, that there's hate and there's love. And he starts off with hate. And so he goes into, you've heard from the beginning, we should love one another. Do not be like Cain and Abel who belonged to the evil one who murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, brothers and sisters. If the world hates you, know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. So this idea of, of hate and love is immediately contrasted. And so, I wanna unpack that just briefly, but this idea of, of hate hate's a devil thing. Hate is from the devil, it is created there, it is it is it is stirred there. Hate is selfishness, hate is seeking harm. He gives the example of Cain and Abel, uh, of one killing his brother. He, he he hated him, he was he hated him for his righteousness. And so Jesus takes it a step further in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus kind of does the same thing. He talks about the same thing, but then he goes, "But I tell you, even if you if you not just if you murder, but if you if you hate, if inside you experience hate, mm-hmm. then you might as well have killed him."
1: And that's what John says in 15. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And yeah. you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in them.
0: And so this this wrestling match of struggling with that, and you know what? If we're all honest (laughs) and look in the mirror, we've, at very minimum, we've been to the brink of it. You know, we've been to the brink of hate. Um, You know, and and I'm saying at the bare minimum, Um, we've 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 probably been there. Um, Hopefully, that's something that we've been able to to address and deal with in our sin. Uh, because what happens is, the more we get into that, the more indifference we feel, the more inaction we feel in our faith. And you know, I look around our world today, and we hear the term hate crime. We ter- hear the term hate group. You know, it's it's it, it, it's it, it makes perfect sense if the if the if Satan has reign in this world, and and he's stirring hate, he's pitting he's pitting people against us over political views or over demographics or over race or ethnicity or, you know, gender, or whatever he's pitting us against us ourselves. And, and, and I don't mean disagreeing. I mean, getting to the point of hatred. I mean, it's one thing to disagree. It's another thing to stir up like real, like vengeful feelings. Um, and I, what I see in this is John screaming, you must be different. Mm-hmm. You know, we are in the different family. We've got to be different. So then he gets on in verse 16. You, you hit the nail on the head with 15. But in 16, mm-hmm. he says, so this is how we know what love is. And so now we go to the opposite of hate. We know, love is selfless because Christ died for us. And, the, and we need to go do the same for each other.
1: That's, See that—that's heavy. That, that's huge. Because I, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, when when I'm looking at love and hate, and when we're called to love, a lot of times love means uh, we get focused on ourselves. Love is usually an out—it's an outward mm. thing. It's towards other people, and we're so good about loving ourselves that sometimes it comes off as hate because we're so, we're so in, inward. Love is an outward action, and, and it, it's it's selfless, and it goes out towards other people.
0: Yes, and you know John wrote the famous verse that everybody knows by heart, John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. But we we need to memorize First John three sixteen because he adds on the component of of not just him loving us, but us going and doing the same. Yes, and 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 you know that's how you squelch. The hate of this world that's how you, you you're exactly right Craig what you said it's it's selfless it's it's, it's loving without return it's mm-hmm. um, to me it sums up the this verse sums up the essence of what a what a believer is the impact of conne- compassion which leads to our actions and so to me though this is supernatural love this isn't what we're because of the sin infested world. We need God in order to do this. I think that's why in this verse, he puts his example first. He says, God did this. So now you have the power yeah. essentially to go and do this. So then he puts it into, pre- some, he puts it into some, some tangible things we can do. Like verse 17, if you have material possessions, you see a brother in need um, and you don't have pity on him. How can the love be in you? So on one hand, he's saying, when you see people in need, uh, do something about it. And last night, I had a, a great opportunity with, with a great group of student-athletes. We went down and we fed. We had a cookout and we fed about 40 homeless people. And it warmed my heart to watch these college students who have a lot sit out there on the ground and at picnic tables and just just have a meal with these people and love on them for an hour, or hour and a half. But here's the thing, Craig. How how do we how do we balance that because that could consume us, you know? Because yeah. there's so much need in this world, and so am I sinning? Am I am I doing something wrong when I drive past a homeless person? And I don't pull over and give them something, or you know, uh, help me with this.
1: Well, I, I mean, I think it. Uh, it there, there's a passage in James that says um, that. If I see something that needs to be done and I don't do it, it's a sin. Uh, you know, if, if I see the good that should be done and and I don't I, I don't act on it, uh, it's a sin. And I I, I, I kind of equate that to this. And I look at verse sixteen, or uh, uh, yes, the next verse. It says, "Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but uh, with action and in truth." <laughs> and and I think that 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 John goes on to kind of summarize it and say, look, we can, we can stand up and do all the preaching we want. And we can, we can use our words to say, I love you. I love you. I pray for you all that stuff. But, but if we're not, if we're not just physically living that out at times, and that, that doesn't mean you're always giving people money. It, it may be time. It may be just like you said setting down and listening to somebody if we're not living that out on a daily basis um john is saying that that that's something that it's it's the truth that we that we need to 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 live out love not just talk it
0: yeah and there's a i'm just going to call it there's a movement in our churches you know a a popular word these days is edification. I want to be edified. I want I want to go in and have this emotional worship experience and really be swooned in the spirit and just be filled with God and feel good about my relationship with God. And I'm not saying any of that's wrong, but if, if we don't go out and have actions towards others, if we're not in putting ourselves to where we go and serve and love others and we make that tangible physically, some way, shape or form, like you said, there's countless ways to do that. And, and, and we don't need to sit here and list the ways we do it or don't do it or the way, I mean, God knows, you know, but, but it's something we each have to, again, examine and say, okay, where is my heart, heart towards other people, other people that I like, other people that I don't know, people that are hurting people that are against me, you know, what, what do I do? How, how do I, how do I flesh out verse 18? and 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 so John, like you said in the very beginning when you talked about memorizing, he's going all over the place here mm-hmm. because it but it but it's it's all in truth right and and he 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 kind of wraps this chapter up really with the idea of it's all about a heart condition, it's all about a heart condition, and the fact that uh, um how we set our hearts uh how 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 we examine our hearts um it matters. And if our hearts condemn us, we know God, he's greater than our hearts. So if we look inside ourselves and we don't like what we see, we know we have a God who can cleanse us. He can transplant us, put a new heart. He can, he can chisel away. One of the things that I pray a lot personally is God, don't harden my heart, soften my heart. Allow me to see, allow me to see differently I, I i pray for that with my with my wife my kids or mm-hmm. and with people i don't know that i would not harden myself and, and and i can look back and say there are moments where i've probably been my my, my feelings have been hardened and I, mm-hmm. I i i want i want god to choose away, way and then there's times where i felt really confident and, and he speaks into that you know this idea that there are times when we know we're in tune with God, and that's okay to say that, and and we—that's when we experience some of that confidence, and, and and the idea. I love verse twenty-three, and this is his command: to believe in the name of his Son Jesus, and to love one another as he's commanded. You know, again, it's it's like repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. Love Jesus. Know who he is. It, uh, last week, last session, I said, "Who is Jesus?" Believe in his name. There is, there is power in his name. And then you go put it into action with others uh, through living out his commands. Um, and then he finishes it with the one who keeps my commands. And he and them, this is how he knows that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gives. Now, I skipped something that I'm, I need to go back and end on, Craig. I skipped mm-hmm. on, and it's the prayer verse. Okay, yeah. so there's this, yeah. there's this verse in there that haunts people sometimes um it's that if if you ask anything you know this idea of when you pray and you ask you will receive uh, anyone, anything you ask you will receive and and so before you go into this cuz i know you've got some great thoughts there are people that get hung up on that because they've prayed and they're like, Oh, I didn't receive, you know, like that. I Mm -hmm. wanted this or I needed this, you know? um, I think that it's been exploited. I think that the the church has exploited this verse because we've told people, if you just have big enough faith, God will heal you. And then when he didn't heal them, he'd say, well, you didn't have enough faith. So I think it swings a lot of ways. So, so, uh, uh, you know, kind of bring us home with what your thoughts are here.
1: Well, I think that it goes back to the fact that we have to, when we read these, when we read this, we can't just take one verse and say and make it say what we want it to say. We need to take Scripture uh, all together. And, and just in this one book, uh, if, you, if you go to, uh, and we'll get there eventually, but in chapter 5, he, he addresses it again. Um, the same type of, of, of verse and in verse 14 it says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if, that if we ask anything according to his will he adds a little bit more to that according to his will and he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we asked of him I, 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 I kind of I know this is not prayer but I kind of go back and I think about Lazarus. And I, and I and I, I think about when word was sent to Jesus. Jesus, Lazarus is sick, you need to come and 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 at that time Jesus got the word and Lazarus was still alive at that time. But yet he waited. And he waited and he waited and Lazarus died. That that's not what that that's not what Mary was want you know he wanted they wanted Jesus to come at that time and do what they wanted, and that was not according to the will of God. And I think sometimes uh, we just think that 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 we ask, we ask, and it should happen in our timing. And and God sees the beginning and the end, and that's hard for our brains to understand. That that sometimes our timing is not God's timing. Our will is not what His will is, but he, but. But know that, that he hears us. And that he gives us what we need at that, uh, uh, um, whatever we ask of him. So,
0: How many times has, uh, has, has your father, your dad, mm-hmm. when you were growing up said, you know, you went to him and you asked him something and he didn't tell you what you wanted to hear, but he asked you to trust him. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't, you know, we were just too young, too naive or just not you know, for me, maybe smart enough <laughs> depending right. on what I was talking about to just understand, but he had this knowledge, this experience, he'd been where I'd been, he had knowledge and, and, and I had to just trust him, you know, and, and, and now here I am a dad and there are moments where I just, that's what I desire. I don't know how to clearly explain something to my kids, uh, uh, of a spiritual nature. And so I, I sometimes I, I, I don't know what to do. And I just say, well, you just got to trust me, trust, you know, trust him. And mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to do. And, 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 I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And, and I equate it to that as well, that, you yeah. know, like sometimes we got to throw this stuff at God with confidence and then just say, I trust you, God. If, 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 I, if this isn't your will, you know, I, I trust what your will is. And, and so Again, we're in a capitalistic, consumer-minded world. So when we say we get anything, we're picturing shopping spree. (laughs) You know, we're picturing Golden Corral. We're picturing, um, you know, pizza buffet, you know, because that's, that's what our culture and our world has created, is that concept. And so I think we have to guard ourselves in that and And we like to emphasize that we get anything that we ask what we don't often want to emphasize that that back half of that verse and um um that um because we keep his commands and do mm-hmm. what he what pleases him, him. yeah you know, and if we're really honest in that, you know that that's that's a tough. A tough pill to swallow. Uh, we've been a, went a little longer here. Any any closing thoughts, Craig, as we wrap up chapter three? Well,
1: I I, I think that the chapter three kind of gets into why John is called the the you know the the book of love, uh, and we get more into that in chapter four. Um, and, and I I just I, I I challenge people as you as you're reading through chapters three and four. Um, look at that, um, and go back. you have said in for one and two that, that love is an action. Love is love is something that, that God is calling us towards. Um, uh, that 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 He is the example of that love.
0: Yeah, you know, I'll end with um, verse one. Um, verse one of this chapter says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we would be called children of God, you know, um, in the, in the, in the translation in the Greek, um, there's a couple translations to the, this word that in my version is, is lavished on us or that this type of love. And it's, it's a, it's a. Astonishment—it's—it's it's a out of this world. The Greek literally, it was an alien love, an a, a, an out of this world kind of love. And I think we have to recognize that God's love is much bigger than man. I love this popsicle,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or man, I love Coca Cola. You know, or man, I love to get an A on my final mm-hmm. exam. You know, I mean, God's love is—I mean, it, it, we can't even fathom it. We can't even totally encompass it. And and yet he pours it out on us. And so I think, you know, all of this, you know, is, um, I hope that you would, you will take and you'll absorb. There's a lot here. Hopefully we've given you a few things to chew on and wrestle with some questions, some things that I know. I know that, I know that my question that I threw at Craig, to be honest, Craig, that was a question from one of the students, you know, they just, you know, (laughs) wrestling with, yeah. Rest, wrestling with the fear of being a hypocrite. And and, and so take heart that we have a guy that man, he loves you. His heart is bigger than yours. It's bigger than mine. And when I'm when I'm struggling, I got to know where I can turn and where I can go and allow him to 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 to, to build me back up, to strengthen me uh, so that I can continue to to be an image bearer of him. And so uh, with that, I'll wrap up and we'll be moving on to chapter four. As Craig said, we're gonna dive into more love talk. Uh, we're gonna dive into some of that agnostic struggle um that those people dealt with on you know who who Jesus was again. And and then chapter five is a is a powerful kind of wrap-up in this verse. And this is a a powerful little book, a powerful letter with a ton of meat uh in it. And and so I wanna I hope that you're still trying to memorize. I heard one of, uh, of one of the listeners, uh, the other day that said, I want to sit down with you soon. And, and I want you to hear me try to recite mm. chapter one. And awesome. I, I, it's awesome. But I got a little nervous. Like you're going to ask me to do it back to you. So <laughs> I got, I got to get on my, my memorization game here. But, um, uh, to those of you that are students at cornerstone, that are listening. I know that the next two weeks are brutal. Um, it's finals week. Um, I remember those days as a student thinking like I'd been hit by a train, uh, and it was just, uh, you know, um, but we're praying for you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I applaud you for taking time yep. during that hecticness to just give God some time and, and some study. Hey
1: Matt, I, I will, with that memorization, because I had already memorized, First John chapter one. I, I'm telling. I'm letting all you podcast listeners. Uh, I finished. I I actually finished memorizing Galatians chapter one this week. So I I added. I since you guys had that challenge of First John and I already had done that, I, I started the, the book of Galatians. So,
0: All right, I need to end this podcast so yep. I can go practice memorizing because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get left in the dust here. So, guys, um, let me know if you have questions about the study. Um, and um, until the next podcast, we'll talk to you soon.